0: What's going on, guys? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Ricky Radio. Got a super special guest for you today. Her name is Amanda. She's well-known in the fitness community. She's dope at tracking macros. She's all-around cool people, competes in CrossFit, does a whole bunch of cool stuff, knows a whole lot of cool stuff, is going to get her master's in dietetics but i'll let you i'll let her tell you all that not gonna hold you guys too long gonna go ahead and jump right in to the segment with amanda and hope you guys enjoy it
1: oh never mind it worked
0: <laughs> all right i thought we were gonna have some technical issues
1: no, it was good. The first, it came in as like three separate texts for some reason. So I just got like the type of the link and it didn't let me click click it. And then after I said
0: that, it came through as a link. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. All right. So guys, we have Amanda here. I'm going to just go ahead and let her kind of introduce herself. Amanda, if you want to, we don't, we don't really, we're not really concerned about too many time limits or anything. So if you just kind of want to go over who you are, kind of how you started with your working out CrossFit, tracking everything, and kind of where, where you are today, so everyone can know that would be great. And I'll just let you go ahead and take the floor.
1: Yeah, oh, well, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited. Um, no problem. <laughs> yeah, I love doing podcasts. I just feel like there's so much fun and a different way to connect with your audience, especially for people who don't have the time to like sit around and watch YouTube videos, you know. Um, right. So I, uh, my name is Amanda, obviously, but I go by Mander's or Mander. Simply Mander is like my little handle thing that everybody refers to me as. And I am a macro nutrition coach. Um, I am in school working on getting my master's in dietetics. And um, I have been in CrossFit for almost three years now. This is my second year competing uh, Olympic weightlifting. And I hopefully, within the next couple of years, will be able to go to regionals as a team. Um, and I'm kind of just, you know, living the fitness, nutrition life. <laughs> right. Um, I've got two pit bulls, both of which are so nicely barking while I'm trying to do this. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No worries. Um, and yeah, so I just, I really had decided that a couple of years ago, like when I first got into fitness, I saw there was a lot of um, just like myths and silly things that I would see on magazines and um, just things that I felt were looked poorly upon, I guess, like people would always look at carbs as like a bad thing or girls with muscles as a bad thing. And right. I think a lot of what initially intrigued me about the fitness industry was what a lot of people uh, looked down upon. And so I kind of wanted to be a different voice in the fitness industry and not necessarily like cure all people of this, you know, negativity with their relationship with food or anything like that, but just kind of teach people how to build a healthy relationship with food food, um, you know, eating enough to fuel their bodies for their workouts and just kind of like living a healthier life all around and not being so obsessive with one thing or just pretty much learning how to create health overall. So that's what started me in it. And then I just got into CrossFit and fell in love. And then I fell in love with the health aspect. And now here we are three years later.
0: (laughs) Cool, cool. So that was a nice little backdrop to, to us getting into some good stuff here. It's, it's funny you mentioned that part about, you know, debunking all of those myths and stuff like that, especially with, you know, like carbs and, and yes. calorie counting and macros. Cause it really it really ticked me off because I, w- I just graduated from uh, North Carolina State University with my master's uh, awesome. last, last December. And while I was there, my campus job was I trained on campus as a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. and because it was a university and I was under their rules and regulations I could never do anything when it came to the nutrition aspect so they were I was strictly held to you know work out and that's all you can do and if you don't have both pieces like it can really lead to some not bad results because any kind of working out is better than nothing Right but it can definitely put a a damper on your results and how you feel about the overall process, so
1: oh absolutely
0: so I definitely wanted the first thing to jump into was your opinion or kind of how you feel about calorie counting versus macro counting, and why it might be better for someone to do macros, why that might be more beneficial and show greater results than just calories alone
1: uh yeah absolutely so um first thing that if you are you know listening to this and you're a very very beginner uh this might all sound super overwhelming and like a lot of information coming at you but basically whatever your goals are as far as um Body composition wise, whether that's to uh, lose weight or gain muscle, you have to manipulate your caloric expenditure. So basically what that means is if you're burning more calories overall than you're taking in, then you're putting yourself in a caloric deficit and you're going to be losing weight. And if you are eating in a caloric surplus, which just means that you're eating more calories than your body is burning for energy, then they're going to be gaining weight. And then obviously eating the same amount is going to be just maintaining your weight. So at the end of the day, how I like to explain it to people is the base of the pyramid is always going to be your caloric expenditure. And obviously, like with everything in life, there's going to be little exceptions for people that may have medical issues, hormonal issues, um, you know, things of that nature. But for the most part, your base of the pyramid is going to be caloric expenditure. So for people who are starting out, it's definitely great to track calories and see where you're at while you're eating um, in order to manipulate that number to reach your goals. So That's great to start off with calories. And then a step above that would be tracking macros, which essentially is tracking calories in a sense. You're just taking Mm -hmm. each of the macronutrients, which is protein, carbs, and fats, and you're allotting a specific amount for each of those in order to uh, reach a specific calorie amount, basically. The reason why this can be beneficial more so than counting calories is just being a little bit more – detailed with your intake. So for example, I could eat 2000 calories of pure carbs and fats and no protein. And that's going to have a huge, like a hugely different effect on my body composition than if I were to eat a lot of protein and carbs and then little fat. So right. changing the macronutrients, manipulating those calories is just taking that calorie tracking a step further in helping reach your body composition goals in a little bit more of a detailed way.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I definitely I started out with calorie counting and then I kinda eased my way into uh tracking macros, which was completely different ball game at the time. Yeah. But definitely something to get used to. But I can definitely see how it would be beneficial over calorie counting, especially if you have, like you said, certain body composition goals. So Right, exactly. So I won't say any names but I vividly remember being on Instagram uh, probably been a couple months ago at this point but I was watching this person's uh, Instagram story and they said that if you see someone that is listing themselves as a macro coach that you should run in the opposite direction
1: oh yes I saw that I saw so, that post ironically I did <laughs>
0: so, so tell 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 the people and tell me to hear it what like Absolutely. why tell people why it would be beneficial not for everyone obviously but why it would of be course beneficial, a good amount of people you know to have a macro coach in their corner, at least maybe starting out or during certain portions of For training sure. or whatever,
1: yeah, so <laughs> and that that point is <laughs> so ironic to me, oh, it makes me laugh, <laughs> um. But so, okay, and obviously, you know, with anything in life, you have to be careful on who you trust, right? I mean, anybody in the world can go on Instagram, pay money for followers, create this, create that, and they can say, hey, I'm a macro coach. Because unfortunately, in today's day and age, we don't have such a thing as a (laughs) degree in macro coaching. (laughs) We don't have, um, I mean, of course, you know, there's nutrition certifications such as precision precision nutrition excuse me um and there's you know other generic ones online and you have to also take that with a grain of salt because again anybody in the world can go online and take the 60 day course and say hey i'm a macro coach it really has no like holding you know what i mean so yes. In my opinion, um, there's two different ways to look at this. The first way and the way that I personally approach it is always telling people exactly what you are and what you are not. So by me calling myself a macro coach, I'm telling somebody right off the bat, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a dietitian yet, although one day hopefully I will be. Right now I'm not. So that means legally I can't write you a meal plan for – a medical condition. So if somebody right. comes to me and says, Hey, I have um, blah, blah, blah. Can you write me a meal plan to help my medical? No, I can't do that. However, if you as a coach advertise this and you say like, Hey, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a dietitian. This is what I've accomplished so far. If you choose to work with me, you're signing this waiver form, whatever you have as a coach that says yes, I am acknowledging that I'm not a doctor and blah, 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 then that's absolutely fine. Where it gets tricky is the people who have absolutely no experience, uh, no credentials, no background, and they're just looking to make a quick buck. And right. that's just, unfortunately, you don't know those people right off the bat. You kind of have to weed them out, which stinks, but you know it's just part of the process. And- what I did in the very beginning was I coached macros for free. Like I did everybody's macros for free. I started them. I, you know, took down their progress. I had a notebook. I mean, I started from nothing. This was like three and a half years ago. Um, Yeah. And I just had people consistently write about their experience with, with me so that other people could refer to that and understand what exactly they were getting. Um, and I think that's all, just really the best way you can go about doing it so that you are actually a credible source. Cause like I said, anybody can say they're a macro coach, but at the end of the day, somebody who's worked with, you know, thousands of people and who isn't starving their athletes and things like that and all kinds of stuff. That's the kind of person that you're going to want in your corner versus just, you know, somebody who's scamming on Instagram, trying to make a quick buck.
0: Right. Right. For sure. Cause I I definitely especially now, cause when Instagram first started, or was in its early stages. It wasn't nearly as bad as it is now. Cause
1: oh my gosh, yeah. I see
0: literally like every day I'll see someone or or be scrolling and click on someone's profile, and then, you know they'll have twenty five thousand followers, a hundred thousand followers, and they're. Mm-hmm. They're a coach, they're a, they're a personal trainer, or whatever. And, and you look at their last post and they got like 20 likes and 100 yeah. followers. And I'm like,
1: Right, right, right.
0: People falling for stuff like this, which is a shame. Yes. But de- people definitely gotta, you gotta keep your eyes open. And if you're thinking about buying something like that or looking into it, I would definitely say if it's someone from social media, you gotta be, just be aware of they you know, what they have going on, like you said, if they have credentials or experience, because you could really run into a, a big mess if you don't. Yeah. So, so, okay, so we talked about macros, we talked about calories, so we've got this, our fictitious person that is like, okay, so macros sound good, tracking calories or whatever sounds good, but I've talked, I've talked to a lot of my friends and stuff, and when they start trying to use my fitness pal and they start trying to actually think about combinations of food in as far as protein, carbs and fats, they Mm kind of, they kind of get overwhelmed with, you know, what, what do I eat? Like, and they think like they got to eat bro food all the time. So chick, chicken is going to be my protein. Rice is going to be my carb. So I just want to move into a little bit of, using my fitness pal and get into a little bit of like where you get your inspiration or meal meal ideas from because a lot of people think you have to eat bland food every day of the week and
1: right right uh, right
0: I know from personal experience and from watching people like you that that is definitely not the case
1: no definitely not and I think that's one of the biggest um Tips and just to be successful is to actually be eating things that you like uh, because people fall into this mindset of having a diet and then it kind of backfires because they don't like what they're eating. It's very restrictive, um, you know, and they just don't enjoy going home and eating very bland chicken and rice or whatever they're eating. Um, right. So my fitness pal, I personally recommend the premium version For a couple reasons, Uh, just because you can set individual grams on the goals section instead Mm -hmm. of the free version that only has percentages. So let's say you like you figured out your macros and you know what you're going to hit. If you only have the free version, you're not going to be able to get exactly to those numbers because you can only set it uh, in percentage wise that equals 100%. So I typically recommend to do the uh, paid version, but what I definitely do not recommend is using my fitness pal to calculate the macros. So, oh, that's go... a
0: buzzkill for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, don't go onto my fitness pal and do the whole like enter your height and your age and how much you want to lose per week because for whatever reason their algorithm that they use or whatever I don't even know it always it's trash. yeah it's so bad and it like sets it at like eleven 1, hundred calories for everybody like there's no <laughs> there's no science behind any of that um yeah. you know which which is also the kind of the same thing about using a calculator instead of hiring a coach that actually knows what they're doing. Because you could actually be hiring a coach who is just plugging your numbers into a generator online and then giving them to you, which you could have done yourself, which is not going to have that personal experience of working with a specific type of client or having that you know, knowledge and experience under their belt, but that's a whole nother topic.
0: (laughs) Uh,
1: So yeah, back to my fitness bout. It can be overwhelming, but I definitely suggest getting the premium to set your individual goals. And it can just help you, in my opinion, for planning really more so than anything, because a lot of people struggle with figuring out how to hit their numbers. And what I like to suggest to people is to sit there the night before and play with my fitness pal because when you're doing that, you haven't actually eaten those foods yet. And so you can swap things out. You can change things. You can change the serving size because a lot of people, what happens is they go about their day and they're logging foods as they go. And then they get to the end of the day and they have these weird amount of macros left over that they don't know what to do with. And now because mm-hmm. they've already eaten all day long, they can't go back and change what they've already eaten. So, right. I like my fitness pal for the planning section because then you can just open your app the next day, look at what you have planned, you don't have to think about it. It's already there. You've already hit your numbers and it's just like an easy way I think to plan your macros.
0: Yeah, yeah, cuz I've I've been tracking not not year round, but I've been tracking macros on and off now for probably the last 2 years. And when I go out if i forget to pre-track everything the morning of or the night before Mm -hmm. like even with me having tracked macros for like two years now i still have so much trouble trying to like do stuff on the fly to Mm -hmm. get my macro
1: yeah oh absolutely
0: that's like super difficult for especially I don't even want to get into it for a beginner like that. That's how you end it. Mm-hmm. That's how you be like screw this. Screw this. Macro counting is not for me. For sure. So definitely planning like that's that's a major key for sure. Yeah. So you, I was watching one of your YouTube videos a while back, me and my fiance, and you blew, you absolutely blew my mind with this thing that I never thought of, and I'm gonna let you explain it because you'll explain it better than me. Okay. But, <laughs> So, tracking in My Fitness Pal is easy to track things that have a label, right? Right. So, when you track, like if you were to cook a meal at home, mm-hmm. and you, like I said, I'm gonna let you explain it because I probably won't do it justice, but you put you create a recipe in My Fitness Pal and then you, when you create the recipe, you weigh out the entire thing and put the amount of grams it is as the serving size. Right. And then you can break it out as you eat a serving.
1: Right. And a lot of people struggle with this with like soups um, or like chilies or crock pot recipes or something like that. Um, I, I'm trying to think of one that I did that was good, um, like a banana bread. For example, Mm -hmm. uh, I made a banana bread a couple of weeks ago, and all you do in MyFitnessPal when you create that recipe is you log every single thing, you bake the banana bread, and then you weigh out the entire loaf of banana bread. And the Mm -hmm. reason for this is because otherwise you would have to sit there and cut the banana bread into identical pieces that weigh the exact same, that way you could say that, okay, it made nine slices of bread and they're all the same. And then the serving size is nine. But the only right. you know problem with that is, well, what if you don't want a whole piece? Or what if you want two pieces? Or what if you need a specific amount of macros and it's not even a whole piece? Something like that. So right. by weighing out the whole thing of banana bread, you basically get, you know, let's say the banana bread weighs 550 grams. That way you make the serving size 550 grams. So that it breaks up the serving into 551 gram amounts. And then you can literally go in and just take a piece of the banana bread, throw it on the scale. And whatever, however much it weighs in grams, my fitness pal will calculate that exactly based on the 550 gram banana bread loaf.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, when I when I heard you said it on the video, I was like, man, I cannot believe I didn't think of this because I was the <laughs> one that would sit there and try to be like eyeball it and be like, I think this is like ten servings,
1: right? Or exactly. Whatever. And
0: then I then I would eat it throughout the week and be like, that was definitely like twenty. So that was a no go. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I tried it. We tried it recently with a, a crock pot meal that we made, and it it was just so much easier than trying to eyeball it. Mm-hmm. But um, let's see what else I wanted to get into. So did, I had a whole conversation, switching gears here a little bit. Okay. Nutrition had a whole conversation on social media a few weeks ago with this girl. Um, a personal trainer friend of mine made a post on Instagram. Okay. And it was just text and it said, does, does lifting weights make women bulky? Oh, gosh and she said comment below so there was a sh- there was a shit show in her comment section oh i'm
1: sure
0: of pe- like 50 50 of course you know 50 percent of people were like oh for sure as soon as a woman picks up a weight like she's gonna be thick and bulky and then you had the other half saying you know no way like i can't believe this is still a thing that people believe yeah and had this whole conversation back and forth because i got I got heated that this girl even thought that the thought she was thinking because she was like, I'm a I'm a D1 gymnast athlete at whatever college. And I know for a fact that if you lift weights, that you become masculine and bulky. And I'm like, first of all, I can't believe a gymnast is saying this.
1: Wow. <laughs>
0: And number two, she was just spitting out all this irrelevant information that other people were I think were believing because they were liking all her comments. And I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. Goodness. So just so just like talk a little bit about, you know, for women that want to start lifting weights, whether it's regular, you know, bodybuilding type stuff, whether it's CrossFit, like whatever it is that involves weights, just kind of debunk this a little bit <laughs> and just like do it some justice
1: yeah um <laughs> so first of all growing muscle is hard as shit like people mm-hmm. just have this misconception that you're gonna walk in the weight room and pick up a dumbbell and there's muscles are gonna be like popping out all over <laughs> And it's like if you really only know how difficult it is to get jacked oh my gosh I've, yep. been, tr- I've been trying to get jacked for years okay it's, <laughs> so hard <laughs> um, yeah, yeah it's, it's a really really long process and Unfortunately, because of the diet culture, because of the fitness industry, and how it has been uh, over the past like ten years or so, it's been it's put this weird uh, connotation on women, and they should only be doing cardio, and they need to be thin, and they need to be feminine, and to each their own. Uh, But when, when it comes down to the scientific facts of the human body. Uh, weight training and strength training has a lot of positive benefits on anybody's body not even just women um, right. and as, as far as getting what people consider bulky I think is just really like what sorry my dogs are growling again <laughs> I, I really hope you can't hear that because I'm like trying to find the quietest spot in the house and they just are following
0: me. I know they follow like, you. My dog does the same thing. I'm actually outside in the car because she's such a nut. I
1: know. I really think I'm going to have to go outside now because I can't. <laughs> I, I I feel bad. I hope it's not like.
0: Oh, you're good. It's, it's really not that bad. Go, uh, go ahead. I'm
1: going to go outside anyway, just to make it better. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think when it comes to being bulky or being, um, just, you know, too, too much of something, I think that really is just relative to the person because it's just such a silly thing, in my opinion, for people that are even still having this argument, because somebody could think that one girl looks super attractive and super sexy and super in shape and blah, 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 and then the next person can look at that same girl and say... Oh no! Like she's too bulky. She's too much. She's this and that. So really, yeah. my thought. We're
0: losing you a little bit, Amanda.
1: You there? Hello.
0: Can you hear oh, me? Oh yeah, I can hear you. We had we did had a little uh, light spot. You're good now. Oh
1: okay, all right. Do you want me to re say the last part of what I said?
0: Yeah, go ahead, and re- redo that one.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, what I was saying was that to each individual person um it's really like what they think is too much or too muscular too bulky because somebody could look at one girl and think that she looks super awesome and super athletic and um you know super sexy or whatever and then a different person can look at that same girl and say oh no she's too bulky she's too this so in my opinion Uh i always say (laughs) Who gives a shit? Do <laughs> whatever, do whatever you, <laughs> you want to do. Because ultimately, right. you should be going to the gym or doing whatever exercise makes you feel the best. It makes you feel the most confident and is the most sustainable. So, to debunk that whole myth, not picking up—I mean, just picking up a weight—is going to magically make girls get "quote unquote" bulky. In order for women or anybody in the entire world to get bulky and again that's a you know very subjective term because i think bulky means something different to everybody but in the case of muscle growth you have to put so much time and effort and energy and eating <laughs> it was so much eating into yeah. <laughs> into you know gaining muscle people don't even realize how difficult it is so I just feel like people have the wrong idea as to, you know, in their heads, especially girls sometimes, what they think they want to look like, and then they (laughs) think that the only way to get there is doing endless amounts of cardio, when in reality, it actually is a lot of weight training and a lot of strength training.
0: Right, because you just, correct me if I'm wrong, you just recently currently in a bulk or you just recently ended one
1: yeah I just recently ended one um I did a 12 week one and it ended in like the middle of January so I've just been back on maintenance right now but it was a lot of food it's a lot of eating and it just takes a lot of precision too people have this other misconception with bulking that you just eat like shit and just eat whatever (laughs) but it's like you could really bulk the wrong way you know
0: for sure yeah yeah I actually, uh, that's actually how I got started. Uh, four or five years ago, I was a big uh, basketball player in uh, undergrad, and I was playing on the I played on the club basketball team one year at East Carolina University, and I remember being at a practice or a game or something, and I just kept getting like, like pushed around like nobody's business like. I couldn't hold my weight for nothing and at the time I was probably I'm six feet tall and at the time I was probably 140 pounds and that's that's why I went in the weight room originally so I spent that whole like next year stuffing my face like you said the wrong way and I ended up ballooning up like 30 pounds but like right literally like None of it was muscle because I literally ate like cheeseburgers and pizza mm-hmm. and I didn't really have my training down. So that made it worse. So then I had to had a right. drop some weight back down and bring it to a reasonable starting point. But mm-hmm. long story short, it's been four or five years and I'm still not nearly as jacked as I want to be because it really <laughs> does take right. so much effort and time.
1: It does. To get that yes, way. it does.
0: So... Let's see. Got a couple more things here, and then we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Let's see. So I know okay. you had. If you don't want to talk about this, you just let me know. But
1: <laughs> okay,
0: I was I was at work the other day, and I was dying laughing because of this of this <laughs> oh, post gosh. you made and the comment that ensued a riot. Oh. Under your toes. <laughs> so if, if you don't want to talk about the exact nature of the comment that's cool but
1: oh we could totally at, talk about it I'm, I'm gonna talk overflank. about it okay I'm
0: gonna let you talk about it and then afterwards after you talk about that just go into a little bit about you know dealing with general negativity when you start a fitness journey or just kind of life in general
1: Yeah. um, (laughs) uh, This comment, like, all hell broke loose in my Instagram comments after this. And, you know, I have to just give a quick, like, side note that I typically do not get a lot of hate on my page, knock on wood. I try to keep everything as very positive but neutral as I can. Like, I don't typically go off on, like, you know, one extreme or the other and offending people. So I think for the most part, it stays pretty much under control. Mm -hmm. But uh, the other day, I posted a... A picture of my best friend and I who my best friend is (laughs) Jack, like she (laughs) Oh, Danielle, she is like, she's got some legs on her. She's got some arms. Like, she's just so jacked. And, um, you know, if if anybody that's listening to this doesn't know this, um, natural boobs are just (laughs) fat, essentially. So what what happens is when you get very lean or you lose a lot of weight, or even if you're just a small statured person like myself and Danielle, um, and then you add weight lifting, unfortunately, and being lean on top of that, you pretty much lose your boobs. (laughs) Just gonna, you know, it is what it is. You can't, you can't go about it any other way. Some people genetically just are very blessed. I wasn't to start with, so we got nothing to work with. And so this guy uh, took it upon himself to comment that on my picture, like pointing out, like literally just said, "You have no boobs." And I was like, I "Usually I don't let those things get to me. I, I just like will delete it. I don't really react." But for whatever reason, that day I just was so like fired up about it because that's I think what's so wrong with what we talked about before about how women are so afraid to lift weights and be strong because they think that it makes them masculine or whatever and so (laughs) I kind of you know fired back and we got into a little Instagram war there people (laughs) were coming out and commenting things it was really crazy but I think for the most part to handle negativity or to handle being judged in any which way when you start social media or a fitness journey you know a lot of people feel intimidated in the weight room is that you really have to be comfortable with who you are as a person and know your reason for doing things like I don't I wasn't trying to gain muscle to get anyone's approval or to make men think that I looked better or whatever the case may be I did it for myself and for my strength and I guarantee you I could probably outlift that guy for for sure. <laughs> so you know, I just took it with a grain of salt. I felt like I was a tad offended, but then I got over it because I was like, you know what? I'm confident in who I am. I I prefer having small boobs personally, <laughs> so I'm cool with it. Like, hey, thanks for pointing out something I already know. <laughs> Um, and just kind of like accepting it and knowing what you can and can't change, but also knowing that I changed my body for a reason. And it sure as hell wasn't to, you know, impress that guy on Instagram <laughs> who was going to tell me that I got no boobs. So. Yeah. Who,
0: who might, might I add, you know, I had it when I got home from work that day, I had to go click on his profile and see what he was talking about. Oof. And then, you know,
1: Jesus, take the wheel. Won't, we won't
0: even, I won't even touch on it, but he. <laughs> He had no business talking to anybody about anything <laughs> aesthetic. So,
1: no. Anyway, yeah,
0: yeah. The whole thing about women and lifting and like the myths surrounding that stuff and like women being intimidated and scared is like, I really wish like we would get further past that and just like get over this hump of being scared and intimidated. Yes. Just shout out to, I'm pretty sure you follow her, Meg. Meg Squats. She did, yeah, she's cool. She does like an awesome job, I think, and like just promoting like women, just in general. Yeah, not even just like yeah. fitness and powerlifting and all that stuff. But I wish we had more people like her and you out here. So like all this BS is like just not existing anymore. But I we're making good. We're making good progress for sure.
1: I- I think so. And you know what? That is truthfully one of the reasons not to like, you know, throw out the whole CrossFit thing because I know a lot of people have their opinions on it. But that's one of the reasons why I personally love CrossFit and the community and what it is because, you know, if you go into a CrossFit gym anywhere in the world, any CrossFit box, you will never see mirrors anywhere. Not one gym, you don't have mirrors, and CrossFit is very like for anybody. People have another misconception that you have to be super fit to start CrossFit or whatever. We have people that are in their 70s doing CrossFit and modifying it to what they can do but the base of CrossFit is to be better than you were yesterday and it's based upon strength and that's just like what I really enjoy about it because nobody goes into a CrossFit gym and stands in front of a mirror and judges themselves or judges other people everyone's very like supportive and wants to see people do better and you are like focusing on your strength and your body for what it can do not what it looks like and that's just something that always drew me to CrossFit because I think in traditional gyms, and again, not to generalize, but for the most part, a lot of women and people that are new to fitness feel very intimidated by those traditional gyms because of that. They feel like people are looking at them. They feel like people are judging them. They, you know, they're not sure if they're doing it the right way. And CrossFit kind of takes that aspect of fitness out of it. It allows people to join together, to have a coach, to not focus on what they look like, to just be there and be strong and supporting other people. And that's just like I, I don't think it gets any better than that. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. I see your point. I never, I never even really thought about the fact that there was no mirrors in a CrossFit gym, but now that you mention yep. it, that's no that's definitely a good a good point. I um I don't I don't do CrossFit personally, but I can definitely sympathize with because it's not even women. When I first started, and I know a lot of people that men when they first start, especially if they're on the thinner side, it doesn't even have to be thin. If you're overweight or super thin men can definitely be self-conscious too uh, going in the gym and being around other guys that are jacked, or you know Mm -hmm. even if you're just a little bit bigger you know it can be intimidating for anybody so Mm
1: -hmm. absolutely when
0: you're picking a workout style it just pays to know yourself in general and know what you want because you can pick crossfit you can pick you know bodybuilding you can pick whatever you want but like you said like everything individualized you have to pick if macros are better for you that's cool if calories right. are better for you that's cool if you want to do crossfit over something else you just gotta know yourself and be self-aware to pick the best for, sure. for you so that's yeah good.
1: and it sometimes it sometimes just takes a while sometimes people just you know they don't know right off the bat and that's fine too you know mm-hmm.
0: yep So I I think that was all the main topics. I do have this one specific question from one of my uh, followers on Instagram that they wanted to ask. Uh, Okay. So he messaged me and he asked, he wanted your opinion on this scenario. So there's a person that has been dieting or they've been cutting for a while and they're at the point where their calories and their macros are they're on poverty macros. They have they mm-hmm. can't really take anything away anymore. And they are already in the gym, you know, five or six days a week between lifting and doing cardio. And if their weight loss stalls at that point, there's nowhere to take anything else from, you can't add cardio, you can't take away more carbs, what what does that person do? to kind of reset and keep, keep the fat loss coming.
1: Yes, I love this topic. Um, I recently did a video also on YouTube that was completely about this topic. And it was how to break through a fat loss plateau. And one of the biggest problems I see with people who have been eating in a caloric deficit for a long period of time is that they have just never given their body a break or their body metabolism a chance to increase. And when somebody has been in a deficit for so long and we really don't want to take their calories any lower me as a coach I start reverse dieting them and a reverse diet is basically when you continue to increase calories week by week um, until you can bring your maintenance calories up to a higher amount than it was before and I know a lot of people are going to be like, that doesn't make any sense because I'm trying to lose weight. Like, you know, but, um, when I explain it to people, ultimately at the end of the day, when you have more muscle mass and less body fat, your body metabolizes at a faster rate. So you burn more calories by living, like just doing nothing. Your BMR Mm -hmm. is higher, the more muscle mass that you have. So if you're constantly cutting and you have nothing left, you really have nowhere to go to increase that which is why I love to take people and put them through seasons. My friend Sam calls it like the ebb and flow of dieting. (laughs) (laughs) And so basically what we do is we want to have some periods of time for growth, some periods of time for maintenance, and then some periods of time for cutting. And by going through this cycle repeatedly instead of just being in a deficit for months and months on end, is it allows your body to, number one, take a break from being in a deficit because – Being in a deficit puts stress on your body no matter what way you want Mm -hmm. to look at it. And it also allows you to potentially have the opportunity to gain some muscle mass, which will then in turn increase your metabolism, increase your BMR, so that when you do go back to cut that second time around, you're now able to cut on more calories. And reverse dieting is just such like an underused Thing in dieting, mm-hmm. I feel because people have just been conditioned to think that like weight loss is constant diet, constant diet, and that's fine for an extended period of time. But you gotta, you gotta do something after. Yeah. You can't just eat in a deficit for the rest <laughs> of your life, you know. <laughs> so I think taking a break. And focusing on bringing those calories up a little bit, even if it's just to maintenance, just to get your body like out of that deficit stage can have so many positive benefits on your body and actually help you lose fat in the long run. So I, I feel like reverse dieting, diet breaks, things of that nature are all really, really beneficial. For sure.
0: Yeah, I've, I've definitely had those people where I ran into or like a random conversation at the gym and where they find out I'm a trainer or something. And they're like, yeah, I've been, I've been trying to lose weight. And I'm like, I start talking to them and I'm like, well, how long have you been uh, dieting or cutting or whatever? And they're like, well, you know, it's probably been, well, I say 10, 12 months. And I'm like, what? Oh
1: Oh my God.
0: I'm like, are you really losing weight anymore? Or you just, I don't know.
1: For sure.
0: Definitely. uh, Yeah. Reverse dieting. I, I agree. I would agree that that is uh an underutilized thing especially people that don't really know any better and like you said have been conditioned to think that it is a continuous thing so
1: right Right. And you have to think, too, like once they reach their quote unquote goal weight or whatever, a lot of times people just automatically stop dieting altogether. So what happens is they go from this extreme deficit to either not tracking at all or accidentally putting themselves in a huge surplus because they've been so deprived for so long that what happens is they end up just rebounding the weight right Right. back. So. I The way that I approach it is, and of course, you know, this is because I compete in weightlifting and CrossFit, but I base my year around my training and my competitions and stuff. So during the wintertime when I don't have any CrossFit competitions and I'm focusing just on weightlifting, that's the time when I spend in a bulk. And then once we move more so into the spring season of the CrossFit Open when we're preparing for the five weeks of competition and then, you know, eventually, hopefully when I can go to regionals, I'll need to start moving down to maintenance to still maintain my strengths. And then after that period of time, if I want to do a little bit of a cut when I'm not doing anything, maybe a weightlifting meet so I can make weight then I'll go ahead and do that and then the cycle starts all over again. So constantly keeping yourself throughout seasons in my opinion based on athletic performances is always going to be the best way to go because if you're cutting constantly and trying to increase strength, it's like you're running in two different directions, right. you know. Cuz
0: you're you're currently preparing for the open, right?
1: Yeah, we're in the open right now. This is the first uh the, sorry, this is the second week. This Friday will be the second workout. So right now I'm eating uh, just just a tad above maintenance on specific days to help make sure I'm recovering and eating enough for mm-hmm. the workouts but I stay right around maintenance during the open just to be light enough for gymnastics and for endurance but then strong enough for the lifting portion
0: cool of it. cool yeah I definitely think that uh the cycles is a good idea I mean I've I've always done that I don't I don't compete in any kind of uh athletic competitions or anything but just just in general going through cycles is much better than spending you know t- 12 months two years trying to do, do oh, one yeah. thing because it gets stale or you get burnt out and all that stuff Absolutely. so definitely cycling through some different goals during the year I think can Absolutely. be beneficial too so uh mm-hmm. Amanda I want to give you a chance to uh we talked about everything i wanted to to touch on for for some people but is there any before we wrap up is there any take-home messages or anything that you feel like you forgot that you think people would benefit from
1: um oh my gosh i think if i could maybe just give anyone like a good take-home or advice it would just be to make sure that when you are approaching fitness and health you try to do it 360 degrees and my biggest thing that I want people to take away from whether they follow me on social media or watch my YouTube or anything is just to have a balanced approach to health and fitness and make it fun and make it enjoyable and if you're waking up every morning and you're hating going to the gym it's okay to find something else that you like it doesn't have to be spending hours in the gym it can be swimming it can be yoga it can be whatever makes you feel the most healthy mentally and physically it shouldn't be an obsessive thing like yeah tracking macros is great and I like it for athletic purposes and aesthetic purposes but at the end of the day if you're miserable and obsessing and you know going down that path that's not going to be beneficial in the long term so whatever you decide to do just do it with the intention of making yourself better in all aspects instead of just like having this you know uh, like putting your blinders on and being like, I want to lose 20 pounds and that's it <laughs> a different way that I like to tell. I tell my clients to approach it is like, well, what about if we look at it from a different angle? I want to get my blood pressure down. I want to do my first strict pull up. I want to do a 5k for the first time, whatever. Those type of things are a lot more rewarding. And I find that being successful in fitness overall is doing things that are rewarding. For me, that's helping people. um, But for you, it might be something different. So I think finding that is just so important. And if you can find that, then it becomes a lifestyle instead of constantly being a diet or a chore. Right,
0: right. Good advice for a lot of people. So I'm going to – I want to give you a chance, Amanda, too, to – in case someone is listening and they they like your style and and what you talked about – Where can everyone find you on Instagram, YouTube? And if you want to throw out uh, who you do your macro coaching through, I'll let you spill all that. And I'll just make sure to put it all into the uh, podcast description too, in case they miss it.
1: Um, sweet. Yeah. So my Instagram handle is the same as my YouTube. It's simply Mander the same on Twitter. I think all three are just the exact same simply Mander. And, uh, I work for black iron nutrition, which is owned by Chrissy Cagney, who is the, also the owner of donuts and deadlift. So I'm a macro coach through that. If you guys want to check it out, you can go to black Uh, the philosophy tab is where you can kind of learn a bit about what the program has to offer and uh what else is there i think oh and ebooks there's some ebooks as well that i created for beginners for my fitness pal and some recipes as well and that's under gumroad the ebook platform is gumroad and it's manders
0: macros cool cool so yeah guys if you like anything that amanda said today or you want to learn more please go check her out even if you only check her youtube out for entertainment purposes And her Instagram, (laughs) because apparently she goes on rants and tangents like every (laughs) week now to somebody for saying something or doing something. But yeah, if you don't take any advice from her, she's definitely entertaining. And I think you can learn a lot from her. So I'll put all of her stuff in the description in case you missed anything. And don't forget to uh, subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review if you haven't already. And I'll throw all my uh, Instagram stuff down there, too, in case you missed that. And Amanda, I'm going to ask you to hang out for just a second. I'm going to contact you right after about some technical stuff with the podcast upload. And uh, yeah, everyone else that's listening, thank you for tuning in. Amanda, thank you for agreeing to be on. We appreciate you.
1: Oh, absolutely! Thank you so much for having me. I'm so no honored. No problem.
0: Maybe, maybe we'll have to we we'll have to do it again when we come up with some some new topics or something later down the road.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, yeah, that's it, guys. I'll uh, catch you guys in the next episode. And Amanda, you have a uh, good night. And we appreciate you.